0: Chapter One Take Two Do! Nice,
1: nice. I met Jamie walking home from a bar where my co workers and I went after our closing shift. It was close to midnight and the midsummer crickets hummed from the grass. My hooded sweatshirt had been tied around my waist while I sweated and danced all night. Now I grabbed for an anticipation of a long bike ride home. The front of my Carhartt pants still had little drips of espresso from the cafe where I worked, and I could still taste that last sip of whiskey in my mouth. Outside, into the refreshing breeze, I heard the wafted sound of a guitar coming from a park bench and the unmistakable voice of John Prine. I paused long enough to recognize the song and noticed a guy holding an MP3 player and portable speakers in his lap. He wore a red flannel coat and a brown fedora and sat hunched over, gently nodding his head, taking in the music. Without thinking, I sat down next to him. The warmth of the whiskey stirred in my chest. Hi, I said. Hi, he said, and smiled at me. We sat like that for a while, listening to his favorite songs, breathing in the night air of the on the banks of Port Townsend's downtown strip. Brick Victorian buildings towered above the waves lapping against the docks. When I stood up to leave, in the excitement of meeting a new boy, I scrawled my phone number across a page of my journal and then ripped it out. You want to go out sometime? I asked, handing him the page. He looked up at me, then glanced toward the sound of laughter as people stumbled out of sirens. He took the slip of paper from my hand, looked at me, and nodded.
0: Thank you for reading there, Brianna.
1: You're welcome, Maddie. Don't do this. Why? Because
0: it's not. It's not how the podcast works.
1: Who says? Uh, I demand. Are we offending
0: anybody?
1: I don't know. I create podcasts.
0: podcast. I, f- I do what I want. I feel like we sound a bit like Groot, Steve Carell, like oh yes, his accent that doesn't belong anywhere. Despicable me. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, I. I don't know what this accent is. It's sort of like Count Dracula, but like from Elmo, but also like... It's
0: not anything. The TikTok lady, but also nothing. Okay, okay. Uh, Kia ora, everyone. Welcome to... Chapter one, take two. Chapter one, take two. Uh, a podcast where we read a book, watch a film, and discuss the adaptation. Except this week we're not discussing film. No, this is a special beginning of a miniseries, which is appropriate because the Netflix is also a miniseries. This yeah. is a special podcast miniseries.
1: Well, it is still chapter one, take two, but this time uh, TV show... Yeah, well, Netflix show. The first, it's very special. Can we still use TV show if not on TV? I mean, it's played on television. Set, I mean, people not will
0: not. I mean, I feel like you're the only one who would be pedantic about saying TV show. I don't think it's a problem. Okay. Uh, if you haven't guessed, we are talking about Made. Uh, based on the book Made Hard Work, Low and A Mother's Will to Survive. I'm going to stop because it's very serial
1: by stephanie land yeah but that's why we do accent make it not so, so sad not so sad
0: uh stephanie land published the memoir initially as a blog in 2015 but then it was um well parts, parts, of, the memoir parts of the memoir yes, a blog. Um, but the memoir not book itself came out in 2019 and then netflix in october 2021 is it october it was quite recently yeah. yeah, at least in New Zealand. In New Zealand. No, I see that online. I think it was everywhere. Okay. Uh, and that's when it was released. It's I initially didn't watch it. Basically, what's happened is Brie has watched the whole mini-series and said, Maddie, we we normally only do films, but you know what? You know what? This is really important. We're going to break the moulds and do a five-episode special covering the memoir and then the show because we got to talk about this issue.
1: Yes, I thought it was uh fitting because we are talking about this this season that we're segueing from is dystopian. Sure, post-apocalyptic, but and
0: we think And previously female led. Yes.
1: yes. Uh, and we we do t- we t- we think we tend to think that we not live in dystopian. We th- do tend to think um, that. America sometimes feel like dystopia. Well,
0: America is a funny place, right? You either uh, it's a place of extremes. I think you are either the wealthiest or the for a first for a first world country or the poorest. There are still many 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 people in the world who are much poorer than the poorest Americans, but this we're going to focus on
1: uh, this problem, this, this particular
0: issue. This problem at the moment.
1: I really loved the line um, from episode 1 that's like so I need to have a job to prove that I need daycare to get a job, yes. What kind of fuckery is that?
0: I love that she said that. What kind of fuckery is that? And the uh, social worker, I believe they would be called Jody, who's played by Amy Reid, um, doesn't even have any, like she's not offended. She doesn't have anything to say. She's like, yeah, like she just is like, I know. And she helps her out a couple times. She gives her. Go Londa's contact for the cleaning service. Yes. Um, so we meet. So let's yeah let's summarize the TV show because the book goes in a different order. They're very different. Yeah. They're very different already. So, so we, we've both read the entire novel. Sorry, the entire memoir. And we're doing two uh,
1: episodes per episode per episode. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So two TV two Netflix episodes per podcast episode. So we just watched just now the first two episodes. Bree's already seen them. I haven't seen them before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm um okay so we meet stephanie lynn's character called alex in the tv series and she is has waited for her partner to fall asleep and she sneaks out of the house with her kid Mm. Um, and they go and sleep in the car overnight and then they wake up and they go to social services in the morning and social services um tries to be helpful but there are limits to what they can do because Alex says that she's not a domestic abuse survivor, which is also how Stephanie Land felt initially, although it's not talked about. One of the big differences between the book and the the TV show we're going to get into is that the book is very focused on poverty as a main issue. Um, and on, um, and on Stephanie, or, uh, Stephanie's life as a maid specifically. And the, the, the The myths around poverty, whereas the series definitely ropes in more of the domestic violence angle mm-hmm. um, in addition to the issues with poverty
0: and that's not unnatural for film and television because that's often where more of the emotional uh, pull is and so that's that focus doesn't surprise me
1: yes uh, war. Well, I think it's, yeah, okay, I'll get into this. Well, summary, also, I have more to say.
0: Sure. And it's also easier to tell that story between um, Sean and Alex, who are the characters in the TV show representing Stephanie and... Jamie. Jamie. Because um, a lot of the poverty and cleaning narrative happen in um, Stephanie's internal monologue in her head. Hmm. So that would be less interesting visually to watch. Um, although, you know, I'm sure we're going to see her have some breakdowns in a bathroom, I hope. Um in a, that's sad. Sorry.
1: <laughs> so what happens is um the the social services person refers her to um a job interview with Yolanda. Yolanda at it's classic clean in the book and it's Value Maids in the series. Mm-hmm. Um and um she goes to the job interview but first she has to drop off her mom her kid maddie um
0: uh, me, me in
1: the book maddie and <laughs> maddie the spelled show.
0: correctly as well m-a-d-d-y yeah. that's the best way to spell maddie just in case you were wondering
1: um and we find out that um alex's mother is Bipolar. flighty. yes we don't I don't think we find out that she has bipolar. In the second
0: episode... Episode. um, Alex talks about her mother being undiagnosed bipolar. Right.
1: Um, So... She drops her off and then goes to meet Yolanda. And Yolanda gives her a trial at a house that is two hours away that she has to do that day. And so she has to leave Maddie with her mom for longer than anticipated... She goes to clean the house. She's a half hour late because she's got to pick up her own cleaning supplies because the uniform and the cleaning supplies are paid for by Alex, not by value
0: maids. Which doesn't make any sense because she gives the uniform back when she gets fired immediately. So she should get to keep the uniform when she's paid for it. America! Fuck yeah! Um, Sorry. Um, so yeah, she goes to Regina's house who's played by Anika Rose who isn't a character... Uh, in the book really no
1: not really um i have a theory of who she is like an amalgamation of sure um and Anika's is really rude anika regina's character is really rude assumes you um that
0: alex is um illiterate
1: no she's not really assuming that she's illiterate it's more she's like, like do,
0: can you read the word compost yeah i feel it, like that's assuming someone can't read
1: no, she's being, I don't think so at all. The acting choice says, um, or can't you read? It's like, like, she's she's frustrated with people who seem to not pay attention to detail. And she's By like, choice. are you, yeah, well, yeah. She's like, are you one of the people who's going to pay attention when I say something? Or, sure, can you find a label? And if you see a label, will you read it? Probably not. Um, and then she tells Alex to throw away everything in the fridge. And we have this. Horrible scene where Alex throws away so
0: much fresh food. The, and food that they've made intentionally look very beautiful. What I hope is yeah. happening, because she's putting all this produce into a bag. And what I hope is happening is it's a clean bag. And they just, as soon as that scene is shot, um, the food is eaten or, like, it's Aww. not it's not wasted. Oh, Yeah, if I'm not sure. I, if I think about it actually being wasted, I get very upset. Hmm. Um, but we do waste over a third of... Of the food produced globally, every year. So yes, there's enough food to feed everyone in the world. We just don't uh, do it.
1: Um, we'll get into it in a different yeah okay thing. Right. Um, and uh, she leaves uh, to go back to her mother's house to yeah. pick up Maddie, and Maddie isn't there because um, her mom got bored or tired or whatever, and so called Sean the abusive partner, to pick her up. Yeah. And so now um, she ha- Alex has to go to Sean's house and pick up Maddie. And she does, and we find out that the inciting incident um, that encouraged Alex to leave was that Sean threw a glass bowl at the wall and it shattered and some of the glass ended up in Maddie's hair. Yeah. Um, she takes Maddie and they leave. And um, Maddie accidentally drops her uh, shmurial, out the window, it's a mermaid doll of the car, and Alex pulls over in the center divider, Meridian, and it's
0: so dangerous. I know she was just trying to do the right thing, but oh, it's
1: so dangerous. And um, so, uh, a driver hits um Alex's car, and yeah. they're in a car accident. And
0: that's really different in the memoir as well. Like the whole the accident really happened, and that's fucking terrifying because obviously uh, Mia Amelia, who's Steph- the name of Stephanie's daughter. Um, was in the car. Yeah. In real oh, life.
1: And I also forgot to say that Yolanda
0: called in between this and said... Um, you have to go back to Regina's house because Regina complained that you didn't do it properly.
1: Yeah, there are streaks on the outdoor furniture. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then her dad is called to pick her up after she's ticketed.
0: Yeah, and played by um, Daddy Swan.
1: Yeah, Daddy Swan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who's a fan of the boys? Uh, the boys from uh, Cult Pop. You really love. Uh, yes. Billy Burke is his name. Um, his, the dad's name is Hank in the t- in the
1: series. Um, and he drops her off at the ferry station after he explains that no, he can't take her in because because it's, it's a school night. It's a school night. For fuck's sake. Um, if. And that's the end of episode one. Yeah. Okay, carry on, carry on. Let's just get through this. And, Let's just get through
0: this. Yeah, at the end of episode one, um, Alex and Mary sleep at the ferry terminal. Yeah. Overnight.
1: Um, and then episode two starts with them waking up in the ferry ter- terminal, and we're introduced to a new character called Nate.
0: Who isn't in the book at all, but I think represents Travis. Like, in kind a of. kind of way. Yeah. Um, who's kind of like... in. Um, it's talked about how men often have this uh, hero savior complex when it comes to um, the damsel in distress situation. Uh, Nate's played by Raymond, uh, a black. Yes. Um... Who's just so sweet. Well,. Here's, yes. what, here's what I really liked, right? Because okay, hold on.
1: No, what? Because let, let us do the summary, and then we'll talk about Fine, it. Fine,
0: I'll do the summary. He takes them to, after insisting and insisting, and Alex keeps saying no. You think you can do it faster than me? Yes. Okay. He takes them to a Starbucks um, and feeds them, and then drops them off at the cleaning service, where Alex gets fired, and Yolanda's like, bring back, your drop off your uniform, and blah, 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 blah. And then we see Alex go back to the social worker, and she's like... So, no? No. She gets, a phone, she gets a phone call first. So, oh, fuck me. Yeah, she gets a horrific phone call uh, saying that Sean's got a lawyer and he's fighting for custody. Yes. Which is awful. Which
1: is what drives her back to the social services. Right,
0: right, 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 right. And then she goes to social services and Jody is like, where are you going to sleep? Like, there's some rooms at the domestic violence shelter.
1: You're going just as slow as I was.
0: No, I'm yes. talking faster.
1: Okay, then... <laughs> And then Jody's like, you need to admit that you're a DV candidate. You're a domestic violence candidate. And then she goes to the domestic violence shelter with Maddie. And it's really difficult. She's having a hard time. And she meets... Denise! Denise, who is wonderful.
0: Yep. And is played by BJ Harrison. Denise. And we also meet Rose. Danielle? No, not Rose. Danielle is her friend. Danielle's the friend. Denise Danielle. is the... Social... Uh, the um, sh- shelter worker. Yes. Or coordinator. Who's, um, and Danielle is... I love the character. And it's made... Played by Amy... Uh, Carriamone handwriting. Sorry. Carriero? Carvero, I think is right.
1: Um, and Danielle kind of helps her get settled in because Maddie is screaming. She gives... Um Alex and toys a and bag
0: helps a massive bag of, of my little ponies my little ponies, and they're put all around the flat and it's so cute, but also really scary, terrifying, yeah, <laughs> so it's like a, a lot of little ponies
1: um and then danielle um offer or like helps her pick out an outfit for court the next day, yeah, she goes to court and loses yes um custody l- for a week, and yeah. she has a week to get her her plan coordinated to find a job and figure out how she's going to support Maddie she goes back to the DV shelter and Danielle helps her get over the depressive slump that she's in by helping her get angry at Regina because Regina stiffed the reason she gets fired is because Regina didn't pay because um, Alex never came back to fix the street
0: yep. furniture. And so Danielle and Alex go back to Regina's house. They kidnap her dog. And they kidnap her dog, which is so funny. Yes. Um, and they pretend to be a lesbian couple. Which is great. And then... Uh, Alex calls Regina and it's like I found your dog and then Alex actually stands up for herself but then we also see Danielle getting a call from her abusive partner and the next morning Alex noticed that Danielle is gone and then we get this beautiful fact from Denise talking about how it takes seven attempts for, on average on average for um, domestic abuse survivors to actually leave their abusive partner which I didn't know
1: I actually did and then, um, and then she gets her phone. Yes. Um, and she checks...
0: She gets, like, a message from Yolanda.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry. She gets her phone. She leaves the DV shelter. I, I realized I forgot something, so that's why I paused. She gets her phone. She leaves the DV shelter. She checks the message and finds that she gets paid. And yeah. And she's really happy about it. and then She it, does this
0: cute little giggle.
1: Yeah. And then it ends with her writing about... Um.
0: The first time that Sean was violent towards her. Yes. Which is when she told him that she was pregnant. And, and keeping the baby. And she wasn't going to get an abortion. Yes. Because he was very kind when he was yeah. thinking she would.
1: And then um, the the reason I paused before is because I actually forgot that the, the episode doesn't open with them on the floor of the fairy waking up in the morning. It actually opens with a story. It's it's flashed back to when she first met Sean.
0: Yeah, and, and Alex is
1: reading a story at like an open mic session at the cafe bar where she works. Yeah. and and uh, um, Sean is there, and, and that's also, how they meet.
0: And that's also there.
1: He's not in that scene though.
0: No, but he's he's shown to be in the scene later. Yeah, and how Alex
1: doesn't notice doesn't him care. because she's
0: focused on Sean. Yeah,
1: and then um, we also, you know, we see bits of their relationship together. And now, do you, do you have more facts?
0: Oh, um, Margaret Qualley plays Alex or Stunning Stephanie. Stunning actress. Um, and I didn't realize Stephanie Land actually narrated the audiobook, which is like what I listened to as well. And also um, the actress who plays Alex and uh, is the daughter of the mother, yes. um, Andy McDowell. Who is Paula? Who's the mum?
1: Oh, we also meet um, Andy McDowell's husband, uh, not husband, boyfriend, boyfriend, cilantro, basil,
0: cilantro. That's what Alex calls
1: him. Yeah, Alex calls him cilantro. Yeah, um, and who has name. a fake Australian accent?
0: Yeah, and Maddie According to Alex. Uh, or Amelia, M- Amelia or Mia, um, is played by Riley Whittle um she's stunning the show she's so cute the show uh 8.5 on imdb and 86 percent on rotten tomatoes
1: it was 100 percent for a while
0: yeah there's obviously no um box office because it is just released on netflix yes yes so a lot i have a lot of things to say okay uh i do too so far differences so, there are so many differences. So, it's kind of hard to talk about the differences between the memoir and the TV show because, because everything happens out of order. Yeah, everything happens out of order. So, the car crash is actually much later. And I see why they did this. Like, they definitely trimmed down the amount of characters in the show, um, which is kind of necessary. And because, like, basically in the memoir, um, the dad isn't really there. Like, he helps out a little bit when. Um, but he's also a jerk. He's a jerk, totally. Um, he helps out a little bit with, uh, I'm not sure if I should say Stephanie or Alex.
1: If you're talking about the memoir, say Stephanie, talking about the TV show, say Alex. Okay,
0: so when Stephanie first moves out of Jamie's place, she lives with her dad for a little bit, but then he, um, I don't want to, if I say stuff in the memoir, I'm kind of giving stuff away that hasn't happened in the book, in the show yet, but I know it's going to happen. You don't know
1: what happens between, um... Uh, Alex and her dad in the m- movie,
0: in the TV show? No. So we actually find out that one night uh, the dad gets drunk and he's kind of crying in the um, spa and the next morning um, we see that his his wife is said that he was going to leave him and she's got bruises on his arm so we actually realise that she's being abused as well. Um, and that's when Stephanie leaves there as well so she now has another place where she can't stay and the dad is so fucking cowardly and can't deal with his own shit that he badmouths Stephanie all of their family members so and says that she made the whole thing up with Jamie and she's not being abused and blah 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 and that's just so fucked up it's so fucked up and it, it just made me so sad and but in the the first introduction we get to him in the tv show is when he picks um Alex up from the car crash, which actually, tra- no a random guy she's dating does. It's not Travis, but he lit to her I thought her the car. granddad picked her up. does not the grandpa pick her up? And he oh yeah. And then she calls her date later. Yeah, the teller. What happened? That's right. Yeah, the uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. You talk about your thoughts and feelings.
1: Okay, so what I think is done really well. She does stay in a domestic abuse shelter. That 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 does happen. Um, She does work with social services to get on different housing, and they talk a little bit about um, the difficulty with um, getting getting the different assistances, welfare assistances. Didn't she say
0: she was on nine?
1: Seven. Seven. Seven different kinds of um, welfare assistance, and like Stephanie Land has said, she. Couldn't believe how difficult it was to prove that she was poor.
0: Yeah. Um, and how many hoops she had to jump through. Absolutely. And that was assistance so that she could eat for food. And there was um, one for childcare so that she could work and leave um, Mia um, at a daycare, which wasn't very good. Um, there was one for she works housing.
1: For... Yeah. She works for what? Sorry. Carry on.
0: The one for I'm not gonna be. remember them all. So the there's one for, one
1: for university. There's food stamps. Yeah. There is WIC checks for nutritional supplements. There's an electricity grant, um, for, uh, electricity, heat, gas, stuff like that. Um,
0: it's fine, We don't listen. Housing, we'll daycare. Put- you know, Medicaid. Medicaid. Yeah, nailed it. Nice. Um, We'll put a link to Stephanie Land's website in the details of this this in every of the podcast episodes that we do.
1: There's lots of further links on there as well. I read quite a few of the articles published about the series.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't read. There was a link that I saw about how Stephanie wrote about um, how now she has hired a maid recently. Did you see that?
1: I haven't, but definitely we should check that out, considering she said she would never hire well, one. And
0: that's that's what it said. She's like, I always said I would never hire one, but she said I was just I had, like, I like was just running out of time. Yeah. Um, and so I, I didn't... I, sorry, I thought you saw that and read that, but uh, no, we I should read, read it and we'll talk about it on the next episode.
1: Quite a number of articles, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we'll get into that later. Um, sorry, I just knocked something. Okay, so... What's love got to do? Sorry. So I guess the way that I think that we should go about this is let's talk about um things that they did do well. So even though the car scene happens way further in the book, it's really accurate.
0: It's very accurate.
1: Um, She literally, apart from who picks her up, the way that even the conversation that she has with the police officer.
0: Yeah, the Um, ticket is more in the TV show.
1: It is more in the TV show. Yeah. Uh, But it's also set at a different time, and I think the ticket would be
0: more today. Yeah, I really like as well... Because it's
1: been Uh, modernised. Cell phones are today's technology.
0: Yeah, but the book was set a while ago? Early 2000s. Yeah. Um, I really like the way the show has the running total of her money pop up on the screen. Yes. I really like that. Because I... Bri and I talked about this because um, I grew up... um, privileged and so I didn't have that mentality around money Um, but Brie shared that she had that exact way of thinking going through the grocery store and calculating how much things cost and it's been it was really helpful for us when um, we first were dating and married um, because we didn't have a lot of money but um, it was really hard for me to learn to, like I, I don't know. I used to be so. We used to I, I argue used to,
1: about silly things like, well, I, used to, I wanted to get off brand peanut butter
0: and you wanted to get picks. Yeah, I used to just be so um, un, like lack compassion. Yeah. About the whole thing because I I didn't because and Stephanie talks about this right, she talks about how she had this faith that things would work out all right because she grew up uh, middle class white. Privileged, and so she believed that the future would be better because she had already lived in a different because it was almost like she felt like she was in a different reality yeah. living um, below the poverty line.
1: But then, as she gets deeper into it, like as it takes her longer and longer to climb back out, she also talks about that feeling like every time something good is happening, she's, she's waiting for the, I the know floor to fall out. From I know, and I, and I 100%, yeah, I anytime anything good happened to me growing up, and then also. Um, meeting you and stuff I was always waiting for things to fall apart
0: absolutely I and I could really relate to what she was talking about and so for you and I to come from such different perspectives like um obviously we we've talked a lot about this kind of stuff now so we have a, a much greater understanding and our relationship is better for it um but it was—I knew exactly what she was talking mm-hmm. about. Like even when you and I were struggling, I'd be like, "No, but it is gonna be fine because it—it has been fine previously and it will be fine again." Yeah. And you were just like, "You, how do you have this blind faith?" And it's not religious at all. That's—I'm a uh, an atheist, but it, I definitely because my like it's your brain is literally. Uh... Sorry, that noise distracted me. It's, like, it's, it's almost like the connections in your brain are different hmm. when you're raised in like...
1: I would say the connections in your brain are absolutely different if you're raised in poverty versus middle class.
0: Yeah. And I just, I find that so fascinating because we don't, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about, um, like we talk about systemic poverty and like systemic racism and that kind of thing, but it literally changes who you are as a person. And I, I, I just find that that's so interesting that we just don't talk about it. Yeah. And then it's like the world is designed for this particular type of person. And if you don't meet all those things, how could you possibly ever succeed?
1: Yeah.
0: And that's what Stephanie talks about a lot. And she, I think she talks about in the book, 48 million Americans live below the poverty line hmm. or something every year. That's, that's New Zealand's population is 5 million people.
1: Well, I mean, the United States is a bigger country. No,
0: I know, but. I mean, you would need but, to compare it but, to
1: a comparable state. More, absolutely, but you know. I'm just
0: saying it's a really, for me. So, what
1: is, what's the poverty line in New Zealand?
0: What is the poverty line? How many yeah. people oh. are what's the
1: What's the relative percentage? <sighs> I'll look it up. Um, basically, the car accident for me is the only really standard thing that's very similar, except for that, like, she leaves an abusive partner, he lives in a trailer, um, she becomes a maid. Like, it's, it's very framework. In terms of what is taken from the book.
0: Yeah, the story is much more
1: structured out.
0: in the TV show. And So in the end, uh, the year that ended in June 2020, about one in seven New Zealand children, so 157,000 uh, lived in a household with less than 50% of the median equalised. How <laughs> many? How many? 157,000 children.
1: Okay, but how many adults? Like How many family units? Uh,
0: I don't know. Just okay. I think we'll do the how we rate... New Zealand doesn't have an official poverty line.
1: Okay. I think we'll do the how we rate the book. The film, uh, the series is an adaptation of the book at the end when we've taken the whole thing in. But so far, um, in spite of all of the changes that have been made, I still feel like the heart of the story is present in the TV series. Yeah. So I'll say that. Um, a a lot of liberties have been taken. However, um, Stephanie Land was, um, met with 10 different production companies in trying to sell, uh, decide who to sell the rights, um, of mage. Were they all
0: offering or was she hunting it out?
1: They were all offering.
0: And she met with 10 of them.
1: Yeah. And she settled on this one with, um. Netflix. Netflix and, mm, Mm-hmm. who produced it? Margot Robbie. Um, Margot Robbie's vision because more of the other production companies wanted to do a film um, that very closely resembled the book and Stephanie didn't want that because it felt too personal. Mm. Um, She didn't want that attention. She wanted somebody to take liberties with it and she has said that it is a visual representation, a stunning visual representation of what it is like to be struggling so hard in poverty mm. um, so I think that's really interesting that she she wanted it to be changed
0: um, that is really interesting but it, you're absolutely right where it is incredibly personal sorry it says 93% on Rotten Tomatoes They create. it's created by Molly Smith uh, Metzler
1: who wrote four of the episodes right and then I think their team wrote the rest what of was
0: Margot Robbie involved with she's the producer oh uh.
1: Her production company helped
0: produce it. That's so cool. I bet Margaret Margaret Robbie seems like she's a really cool person. Yeah. I I love that she started out in Australia being on the show Neighbours, which is so trash. And now she's just like this amazing, beautiful person.
1: I feel like we basically can move into talking about the series as a series in and of itself. Because as an adaptation, there's not a lot more to talk about, particularly. um, Except for, I guess we could talk about casting. So how do you feel about the actress in terms of, like, you've seen pictures thinking about the voice of the author, um, who you've heard and listened to. How do yeah. you think about her?
0: In 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 the most respectful way, um, the actress is prettier than Stephanie, which is fine because she's an actress. That's her job to be beautiful, even when she's disheveled. Um, but I thought that Stephanie's narrative voice was really lovely, and I, I th- hated it. <laughs> I think it. Fits, Sorry,
1: seventy. You are a wonderful writer.
0: <laughs> but we come from really different backgrounds. Like, I, you know, you're American, and I'm from New Zealand. Maybe that affects what we think of the narration. I just
1: didn't. I just felt like she, she read it competently with good pausing and stuff like that. But in terms of emotional weight, of like, you know, when you're yeah. reading an audiobook, you're not reading it. You're you are voice acting
0: it. Yeah, I, I know. She's I, not a voice actor. I agree with that. Um, but I quite liked. A, kind of the detached way that she read it because it made it easier for me to not be overwhelmed by what i was hearing no oh, okay that's not what i want from an audiobook no that's fine with different people um margaret who plays alex um i think is phenomenal i think she i audibly appreciated her giggle uh in you did. in the second episode and i was like that was lovely um and i think that she's showing this really difficult balance where she's constantly being just gobsmacked at the faults of all the systems that, and like when there's the scene and they're in the courthouse and it's not a judge, it's a commissioner or something. Um, and she just hit like, they're just saying the words legal, legal, legal. And like her face is, she's like, sorry, what the fuck did you just say?
1: Yeah, I really love the courthouse scene. I just want to—I want to go back to talking about the, um, the casting because Wait. I also want to talk about it. Okay. Um, I agree with what you said. I don't think that I like. I think is it Michelle Qualley? Margaret. Margaret Qualley? is the lead. Is the lead? Um, I think she's way too she pretty. She's so pretty. She's so beautiful, and I mean, she's. She's so
0: thin. She is. And well, she, she's, a, she's she's a dancer. Yeah, she's a trained ballerina and dancer. I and a model. Yeah, um,
1: um,
0: she's real pretty. Uh, she is. She's twenty seven.
1: Absolutely an incredible actress. Yeah. What are, the the deeps that I aspire to to like amazing. Um, she's a little bit all American if you look at. Um stephanie land stephanie land is very alternative i know
0: i looked up photos of her and she's got entire sleeves of tattoos yeah um and that's talked about in the book um about her like these are my people finding you know tattooed people and people wearing the children is in missoula yeah 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 but Um, i but i agree with you and but do you think that's kind of good like stephanie you know you just told us about how stephanie wanted the series to be a little bit separate from herself and also is it better for the book to, sorry, the show to appeal to more people if she's more all American, kind of bland?
1: Well, that's one of the controversies with, not that it's a controversy, there are a lot of um, people of color who have written about Maid being a stunning representation of what it's like living in poverty and, and, and surviving domestic abuse. However, um, most domestic workers, uh, cleaners, and maids are people of color. A hundred percent. And it's a completely different game for them yeah. in the States. Totally. Um, totally. It's... And
0: Stephanie, I watched a few of her YouTube talks and she talks exactly about that. Yeah. She's like, all I hope is that from people finding out about my story and listening to my story, they find the stories that really matter, which is she's, and she talks specifically yeah. about like systematic racism and people of color and how their stories aren't being heard. And it's
1: also like, like, like I agree. I think, I think um, Margaret, Quality makes it more accessible um but i mean i'm, I'm yeah. she has pretty privilege absolutely um that's a real thing and and, and i mean in white privilege but she's you know she's beautiful and people are kinder to beautiful people they yes. can identify with them more absolutely they want to like them yeah so it would be different not not that stephanie Lane is by any means ugly no not she's not very all. pretty not at all um she's just not model pretty
0: <laughs> no exactly but that's but that you know
1: I, that, that sounds so rude but no like, no, no no you know there, there is a judgment there. yeah we're not
0: a model pretty um like well you are you've got a face for it what do you think
1: of um of sean slash jamie yeah we don't really get
0: a lot of him in the book i prefer how little we get of him in, in the, the memoir um nick robinson who plays the older brother in jurassic world is played by sean i think he does a really good job he
1: plays sean Nick Robinson isn't played by Sean. Nick, Nick Robinson, Robinson plays Sean. Sean.
0: Yeah. He does a really good... He is in the series way more. Um, and he does a really good job of being, like, the um, the victim. And, like, it's, you know, he... And
1: also the the apology after the abuse. You know, like, well, she, what... he, he you know, met, um, Alex comes home. Uh, the house is tidy. Dinner's been made. Kids put down. um And he's, you know, he's like, you need to eat. I care about you. He seems compassionate. He's a psycho. He's not a psycho. He is a psycho. He's not. You
0: don't get to pretend like he is a psycho. You don't get to pretend. That's not what psycho. I'm using. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm using the word incorrectly. He is a gaslighter. He's emotionally manipulative. Absolutely. He's a bully. He. It is absolutely absurd that he thinks he can. Behave the way he did and just... And say, oh, it was because I was drunk. And then think that...
1: I think you need to hold out. No, I, I'm not saying that he's completely redeemable. But they do definitely go into the series, and you'll see this, about the cycle of abuse.
0: Well, I'm just telling you what I've seen so far. Because I haven't i have seen the whole series. And I've only seen two episodes.
1: I'm just saying... I have... I. It's not that abusers aren't contemptible. They absolutely are. But we are not going to stop the cycle of abuse by holding abuse abusers in contempt. No, but we
0: can't like she he goes into the courthouse and he's just like he just wins. I know. And it's to, and it's like, you know, it's talked about
1: Stephanie Land talks about how um how often she was seen as irresponsible for taking maddie out of or mia mia out of a a stable i'm using air quotes stable relationship
0: yeah exactly and it's like the men are like often if not always um favored in like this court system it's like a mother has to justify why she gets to see her child but it's like you know um stephanie was talking about how a man um he she heard she's heard a judge say like i don't care if the child sleeps on a concrete floor the father will have visiting rights for his child. But it's like a mother has to have done everything possible to get... Like, I just... It's so fucked. It's very complicated. I, I, it's I fucked! I, it's fucked, Brianna!
1: I understand the contempt that you hold for... Men! Um, <laughs> for Sean's character. Uh, but Pardon I do me. think the actor does a wonderful job. I particularly enjoy... Um, I, I wrote down... Um, Sean's tone of voice, the actor's tone of voice, when he's like, how are you going to work? Who's going to watch Maddie? You know, um, I, I I feel like... Who's going to watch me, bro? The choices that he made were really strong and interesting. Yep. Um, and one of the differences we didn't talk about is that the mum is mm. uh, in Europe.
0: In the book. Oh, it's a completely different character. So her mum is married um, to a younger man, and she lives in Europe. We only get to visit her once. She, she visits once in the memoir, and the whole interaction is horrific. And, We're talk
1: about that later on another episode, though. Well, I haven't seen it.
0: Uh, but yeah, and she's not really a part of it, whereas um, she has a much bigger role in the TV series.
1: It's been really interesting to me reading the book, because I knew already that some things had been changed significantly, and... So many of the events that happened in the show that I was like, surely that didn't happen in real life. Were the things that were real. And so many of the things that seemed very realistic are the things that were drawn from other places. Mm. So I was just like, back, back, like the car accident. I was like, no. Her life is not falling apart and then gets in a car accident. That
0: No. That's no. Exa- that's exactly when things like that would happen.
1: Yeah. Um I know it is and I should have known that as well because I definitely experienced things like that growing up mm-hmm. where you know we were already struggling and then we lost the car and um yeah and tickets and stuff like that like mm.
0: <sighs> I just don't understand like in my job mm-hmm. I have a certain um power I have a certain level of discretion and power that I can um use to make my decisions And if you are a police officer, I would be highly suspicious that they do not have the same thing. And it just seems so weird to me that that seems like the appropriate time to give someone a ticket
1: Hmm. is
0: when like their child is nearly killed in a car crash and they're obviously not the wealthiest of people just, just from this, the car that they drive. And you're like, yeah, this is the time to give a ticket.
1: Well, there's a lot of contempt held for people in poverty.
0: Yeah, fuck, fuck, fuck that. Like, like,
1: look at the interaction when she was parked. We, we, It's not clear where she's parked. Maybe at a beach or something. Um, And she's sleeping with Maddie in the car. And the police officer shows up and he's like, you can't sleep here. And she's like, okay, yeah, okay. And he's like, you have to leave. She's like, yeah, I get it. Now. It's like...
0: Uh, yeah. Can't you just what, give
1: her have a you? Second? Have you? Why are you not asking questions? Are you okay? Yeah. Why are you sleeping in your car with your daughter? Do you need help? Yeah. Exactly. Like it, like if we're paying for police officers, I want them asking those questions, not. 100%. Sorry, you can't park on public property. Like, yeah.
0: ah. like who are you helping? Yeah. Like what the fuck is the point?
1: You've kept a mother away from a safe place to sleep.
0: Yeah. You know. Um, know hey baby.
1: There are also two cleaning companies that she works for in the book before she starts doing independent contract work. Yeah. Um, and one of them is paid under the table, and that's why um, her coworkers like it. But she ends up getting fired from that one for something arbitrary. But I can't remember what it was. Oh, she couldn't take a rescheduled cleaning job. That's what it was. Somebody cancelled their clean, and she couldn't take the rescheduled job, wasn't it? Uh, or she I, couldn't pick up an extra shift or something like that, and they let her go.
0: Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, she works for the sick one for quite a long time, though. Yeah, it's only it's called w- classic clean in the book. Yeah, it's only when she gets the um, much nicer apartment does she stop working for the second service, but then yeah, she has to start paying more money for rent because. Some, yeah we'll get, yeah, we'll oh, get into that that's just so sick. because
1: that sort of shows that so i reckon because we, we meet regina regina's going to be a, re- a recurring character i reckon regina is a combination of the mum from the nice apartment that she eventually moves into that stephanie eventually moves into and some of the other characters that were quite picky um and then also that mm-hmm. house that she does have to go up on a ferry to get access to so it's like a combination of, of quite a few things taken from the book but all amalgamated into one character um yeah for sure uh and that she has a relationship with so that's where i think and we'll find out more about that as it goes yeah um i want to talk about the production quality like the the design elements We you touched on it but i kind of interrupted you and said we'll come to that but because I, I wanted to talk um about that from the beginning. So. The one of the first things that I really enjoy is that we see the text messages pop up on the screen in a really satisfying way. Yep. Um, and I really
0: because what 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 the text messages popping up and the money total popping up and everything like that. It's
1: it, like an anxiety thing, exactly. Yeah, it, and it
0: really reinforces all the things that she's having to juggle and like the lack of way that people are not helping her and these m- micro decisions that she has to make. Um, and that's covered a bit in the memoir as well. It's like, it's really hard to plan for your child's college savings or uh, your retirement if you can't even imagine five years in the future. You can't even imagine five hours in the future. She's, she's like, sometimes I was thinking a week ahead to pay bills, sometimes a day ahead, sometimes an hour ahead. Yeah. And Because I, that's I,
1: the only way you can get through. Yeah.
0: And I think the text messages popping up and like the notifications and all the missed calls and like, I, I know, and I really like. When movies and TV shows take liberties like that because from my perspective you have a visual medium that you're using so use it and take take those kind of things. Do it in an interesting way. Yeah and take advantage of that and like you know when she goes into the negative and she's trying to um by she buys all these cleaning supplies in the first episode and then she goes to buy herself a sandwich and she can't afford it and and it keeps and it's like a a buzzer getting something wrong on a game show and she yeah. picks it up and it's just like and she puts it down she picks something out look at the price and it's like she's got $2 left and it's just yeah And, I, it's, and then
1: she spends that $2 um
0: to get another mermaid doll yeah for her baby
1: and and i think that so goes back to what mom. you were saying about um you you know she takes care of sometimes she has to think in the next hour what can she solve in the next hour and she can't solve the fact that she's in a vehicle she can't solve the fact that she can't pay for the ticket but she can solve the fact that her daughter's mermaid doll is, is gone Yeah, and so even though from an outside perspective without context you would be like, why? Why are you buying a toy? You have no money. You don't have a car. You just lost your form of transportation. You don't have a place to sleep. Why are you spending it on a toy for your daughter? That's like the least important thing, mm. but it's the solvable thing. Oh, absolutely. And and sometimes you just need you need for your mental health. You need for to be a mom. You need in order to stay sane to fix that solvable problem. Absolutely. And I've definitely made purchases like that before.
0: Yeah. No. And and I think it's something to me that is like you can't uh, make snap judgments about people because you're right, people would be like, why are you spending a dollar on this plastic toy when you don't even have any food? But it's... it's First of all, it's not about business. And second of all, she's coping with what she can control in that moment because there's so many things she can't control.
1: And I think as we as a society, like, it's so hard. And it's not hard for us, but it's like, I definitely remember... I have not always been a good person. <laughs> Um, or I—I I don't know—I've—I've—I've I've, I've definitely been on a journey to be the best person that I can be, and I was definitely very judgmental of my brothers and sisters mm. who lived in more extreme versions of poverty than I've had to live in, mm. and I would be judgy if they had bought their daughter a mermaid. To, to, that's the kind of thing I would have done. Oh, I would have been like how are you making that's such an irresponsible decision? Yeah, and it's so easy to make those judgments when you don't know what it's like and it wasn't until I moved to university which is probably the the closest that I've ever been to like I had a house because I had dorm dormitory and I was going to university but in terms of like being able to afford food and um and 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 buying stuff like that if I couldn't get it on campus and um the campus meal plan didn't cover all of the food that I needed to eat during the week Mm. um I had to pay for myself and every time I went to the shop it was like You know, you you do that. You go okay. This is a dollar. This is a dollar fifty, and you round up. This is two dollars. I've got. I've got. I've got twenty five. And it's particularly annoying
0: because in the US they don't include tax in those prices. You've got. That's why you've
1: got to round up. Um,
0: That's so stupid.
1: um, It's a psychological thing. I because those taxes are being paid by the business. Walmart is paying those taxes, but they want you to know that they're not charging you that money. The government
0: is charging you that money. Yeah, whatever, 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 bro. Uh, Walmart can afford to pay your taxes for you, for fuck's sake. Anyway, um, Brianna, um, well, I just need to say you're not a bad person, but I understand. But even even watching um, the second episode with Danielle, I commented, I was just like, she's a really nice car, and then I felt myself thinking that I was first of all surprised because we all have, we, I have such strong stereotypes about what someone who's in a abusive relationship, um, looks like, or what someone, um, who living at at a domestic violence shelter looks like. And, and I was like, you know, in my head, I was like, Oh, Alex is poor. That's right. People are poor. And when they're being abused, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, like that's not true at all. And like, and she can, of course she can have a nice car and like, and it was just... I, I felt... It was so weird. I was watching it and being... I was like, oh, I'm surprised she's driving a nice car. And I was like, should she be... But also
1: like, she could be paying it off in loan.
0: Yeah, but also it's none of my business. Yeah. Um, and I, I just found it Like, yeah, so um, I just... You know, it's not... It's, you're not the only one out here making judgments of people. Yeah. Um,
1: another choice that you also talked about was the legalese. And um, this also happens when she initially sits down to talk to the, um, the social worker. She imagines a social worker saying like you're a piece of white trash you can't afford to, um, to take care of your daughter so you need a government handout but the social worker is actually just saying did you fill out the form yeah um and then later
0: but she's got all this internalized stuff yeah which is which and, that, and, and that's again another thing that i really like about the show like i you've you've got that ability to do like a shot that shows you that like because it's real zoomed in on her face and it's this real aggressive thing and then we see that's actually not what happened yeah um it's
1: so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit outside um the realm here so you mentioned that nate um you thought nate might be travis uh he's not he's a different storyline um so in the book something that's left out and will be left out and it's hard to know when to bring this stuff in is that um stephanie lives with another partner for a long time yeah um before she starts trying to live in an apartment by herself, um, and he is also emotionally abusive. Yes, absolutely, and controlling. Yeah,
0: and neg- and neglects her and does not appreciate her, and is selfish.
1: Yeah, and it's inter- all the things. Yeah, it's interesting because um, Stephanie Land in real life, IRL. Gets married after she moves to Missoula.
0: She's married in twenty nineteen.
1: Yes, but she gets married before that, and he's a physically abusive partner, and he strangles her. And she, she not only takes him back, but she fights the court to allow him back into her life. Um, and it's so it's it's That's really interesting. I'm very glad that they've touched on the cycle of abuse with um Denise and with Danielle uh, because in the second episode, we see that Danielle goes back to her partner, her abusive partner, and they talk about how many times it often takes women to leave. Do you think that was based on Stephanie's experience?
0: Because Danielle specifically talks about strangling. Um,
1: I'm sure, because the article was published, that that kind of element was taken into it. Mm. Um, So I'm sure they read other things that Stephanie wrote, and was like, and pulled from different different places and I think that's one of the reasons they decided to add more domestic violence into the series personally it's I mean this is pure speculation we don't know but um yeah like I think it's a really important storyline that she doesn't really touch on in the book the cycle of abuse Mm. and one of the things that we don't see very much for Stephanie in the book and we don't see very much for alex in the tv series as you'll come to find out is that there's not a lot of therapy provided Mm. um, free of charge accessible for either the abuse victims or the abusers Mm. and the difficulties it is to access that kind of mental health because the only way to interrupt those cycles like because we all wonder why do they go back and and why um why would someone like stephanie who's already escaped an abusive relationship once go back to an abusive relationship go to another abusive relationship Mm -hmm. at least two more that we know of um, and one in which they're physically abusive and then fight to have them back in their life. And, and, and the thing is, is that even though she's got the money now and she's, she, you know, I mean, she stays floating just above the poverty line for several years after um, where the book ends and also where the series ends. Um, And, and there's not enough treatment and, and mental health as a, as a, as a healthcare, as a welfare need Is just not looked after Very well, either in New Zealand Or in the US
0: I totally agree, and I didn't know that Thank you for finding out all those Like, that information is is really interesting I wasn't sure when to
1: bring it in No, no,
0: no, I like it, I like it And I what it makes me think of is So, since July this year, so really recently I want to be
1: clear, sorry, that I'm not criticising The fact that Stephanie went back Or went to another abusive relationship
0: No, I was about to share a story that only affirmed yeah. What you've been talking about. Um, July this year, Bri and I started um, antidepressants. and It's been incredibly interesting for me because I've never been on any kind of drugs like that before. Um, Bri can attest that even when I was unwell, I wouldn't take any kind of like cold or flu medication for some fucked up reason, even though it's really helpful. Um, and Bri's helped me along that journey. Um, anyway. But I, I, th- I think about how it's affected our relationship in ways that I didn't expect and Brianna and I um love each other very very deeply but I can say very um factually that in the last six months since being on these medications we um are much more patient with each other we are much kinder to each other we are able to support each other so much more mm-hmm. and um Brianna and I ha- haven't uh always had the perfect relationship but it's you know it's it's been it's been good but also there are times where you and I were cruel to each other and we would Absolutely. say um, really fair, like things that are intentionally to be hurtful. And it's like it's it's a it's we don't talk enough about the nuances of relationships and like what is. That's it. why I was defending Jamie slash Sean so much. That's fine. But I'm saying from the episodes I've seen so far, fuck him. <laughs> uh, and yeah, well, I'm glad that you've seen many episodes of me. Well, you're a woman. So. <laughs> I have I have a lot of internalized bias. I do, but but yeah, but what, what I'm, I agree with you, and I think that it's it's really co- relationships to try and force two people to l- s- spend day in day out with each other and have all these other rules socially, like what a healthy relationship looks like, and monogamy. And um, financial stress and debating children or religion or all these kinds of things. Like, it's really hard. It
1: is hard. I, I think that you and I are quite lucky that we're both interested in psychology. We both enjoy reading. We both enjoy listening to podcasts and stuff like that. I think that a lot of work we've done individually, but I don't think it's you know, we you and I live a Very comfortable middle class life, totally. Upper middle class, even totally. Um, and it's, and a- I think that that allows us the privilege of being able to explore those things on our own. Um, but also, I have the privilege of having therapy this year, which has been really helpful. But I agree with you, like you
0: know, um, we... but and it was, it was a financial choice for us to do that, and we should have done it ages ago.
1: No, but my point is, my point is, is like um, everyone. Needs therapy. Everyone needs therapy. That's and, my point. And a and, lot and, more like, people. I would say you need therapy to even begin to know how to be in a relationship. Is absolutely, what I feel like.
0: And I would also say, considering the world we've created and how fucked up it is in so many ways, more people need to be on anxiety and depression medication than not. I would say over fifty percent of people, adults, would benefit from being on some kind of um, mental health medication to help them cope. Yeah, because I was really stressed um over this last year like how am i going to continue working and supporting my family i can't even get out of bed to go to work and then being on antidepressants it's made me feel much more secure about my future and i can plan for things because i'm like i don't have to quit my job now you know and but we don't talk about those stuff we don't you know yeah and i just think it's so weird that it's affecting so many people that majority of people but we just don't talk about it yeah and I find that's so bizarre to me. And I also love um, that you wanted to watch a third episode, but we nearly had an hour, and we've easily filled that time. And I just think that's really funny.
1: Well, I'm sure we'll. We well, might get shorter as we go on. They might. I not. doubt it. <laughs> um, I
0: doubt it. There's there's
1: um, there's lots to talk about. Yeah, I get. I think more of that was um, the fact that I'm just excited.
0: You're excited
1: to talk about this. Absolutely. Um, it was really
0: funny because I came home because um, Brie watched Made Without Me initially because I don't particularly uh, – I'm a big baby uh, and I don't like it. I don't watch the news because I find it depressing. I try – try to to be honest, I've set a lot of boundaries to take care of my mental health, which I'm perfectly fine with, and I think it's a really good thing. But uh, I knew that I had to watch the show because I came home and Brie was like, so I want to do something. I want to um, break the normal for- format of the podcast and do – a tv show and i'm like wow this tv show must be really important and special for brie to break her own rules like that because normally you're so strict on yourself so Mm. i'm not surprised that you're excited
1: i am um
0: also it's she's alaskan
1: yes uh this show made me feel very homesick for the trees in alaska particularly i just miss the trees so much and when i see i mean the filming has been done really well when i see the filming um you Know, I feel like I'm there, I feel like I can smell the way Alaska smells. Mm. So, um, it's a pretty place. to them. Um, I do want to call out a couple of acting moments,
0: okay? Go on, and then we'll wrap it up.
1: Okay, um, there are so many things I like about this. I like that in the flashback when we're learning about um, the beginning of um, Alex and Sean's relationship, they mention The River Runs Through It because that's an important book in Stephanie Land's life. Yes. Um, and I love that that's briefly mentioned. That's just a, lo- a really lovely detail for them to pull out and add in there.
0: And they show the finite nature of the relationship from the beginning.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love things like um, the Shoop song on the... Ra- uh, uh, shoop mummy! Yeah. I really love that. I That's, I mean, that's a reflection of something that actually happened in Stephanie Land's life. And again, it's one of those small details they pull from her life. Um, but also I've definitely had, like I've I've been a part of very young children's lives um, kids lives and, and they do fixate on TV shows and songs like that and oh, listen hundred, to them over and over a hundred
0: again 100% I watched Beauty and the Beast Aladdin, The Lion King on cassette tape on repeat and repeat and again and again you did the same thing until Beauty and the Beast broke um, I
1: also really love that Regina's dog's, dog's name is Mr. Darcy that's hilarious um, for me like symbolically I feel like that fits. Be- I can't say more, but like, it would be it would be a fun detail to come back to because okay. we'll it really it. does fit. All right, um, and it fits for um, some weird reasons. It we'll come me- back to it. Yeah. Okay. We just, we need to come back to that. Uh, but the acting moment that I wanted to call out is so when um, Alex's grandpa, well, her dad in the in the this show picks her up. She says. He was like, what were you thinking? Pulled over on the Meridian like that. Like, that's so dangerous. Really reckless. And Margaret Qualley's acting in that scene, the shame that she feels. i You can definitely tell that she feels guilty for what she, for the decision she's made.
0: But also... And, she, but also... She's angry that... Abandoned.
1: The, yeah. By the... By, you know, like, what she needs in that moment is not to be told, like, how could you do that? Yeah. She needs someone to be like, "Are you okay?" Because she's looking after Maddie, Um, and this is something that doesn't come into the series, but is really prominent in the book. And that's that Stephanie Land has a mantra that's like, um, "I love
0: you. I'm here for you." Yeah,
1: I love you. I'm here for you because nobody else in her life is. Yeah.
0: And I thought that was so fucked up, both in the book and in the TV show. I'm like, how dare you ask someone after they've nearly died in a car crash? How could you be? How could you do that? Like that is not the time. Also, whoever you're asking that to, they already know. Yeah. They already know that they fucked up and made a mistake, and they don't need your shit. They need you to take care of them. Absolutely. When I, I've been two car accidents, both of them were my fault. Um,
1: when I was younger, I, and I, my, I'm so happy to report that my parents were both incredibly loving and so much happier about, like, so much more concerned about the fact that I was okay. Than anything else. Mm. And everyone was so loving and supportive. Mm. Um, I mean, they, they like, But when I say they were my fault, it's like, you know, I didn't drive well in snow and rain. Is <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, I wasn't recklessly driving. But, mm. like. Um,
0: yeah. I've had two car crashes. And they're horrible. Yeah, they are. They're really scary. They're so and terrifying.
1: I regularly have nightmares about getting in a car accident. It's one of my greatest fears, yeah. is getting in a car accident.
0: Yeah. I still, I still have flashbacks to my second crash. Uh,
1: and I just... the traumatic. I would have so much more PTSD related to my accident if people had been like, how could you be so stupid? Mm. Uh, Absolutely. It's just... Um, as talented as all the actors and um, performers are in this TV series, and as well-written as it is, I firmly believe Margaret Margaret Qualley carries the show on her back, um, like she does the burden of poverty, and of domestic abuse survive, um, um, survival. Like it's she's she's such an incredibly talented actress. Mm-hmm. I hope she wins a, 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 an Emmy. I expect an Oscar from her in the future if she continues to do acting as she um, in films and such. Uh, what 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 a powerhouse! What a powerhouse. We're looking at, I reckon, the next, um, and I do not say this lightly, but, like, the next, like, Meryl Streep-level performances. I, heck, I think she'd give Meryl Streep a run for a damn money. Mm. The monologue that she delivers um, when she's reading the story about the first time that Sean shows an abusive tendency toward her is so realistic, the way that she thinks through it, her facial expressions, and, like the kind of detached
0: way she's telling it
1: yeah like and she's like you know um, when she says he brought me a cup of mint tea and then he told me he would be with me every step of the way and then she takes and she's like "Mm, but that was before he knew I was not going to abort it and it's just so like you can see her telling the story and thinking through it and it's really well done
0: Mm. absolutely stunning amazing i think that's a great place to stop for how can we stop talking one. about this we're not we're not going to i know Great. Okay. so that's the end of part one of five yeah uh, of this special uh yeah check out made on netflix if you haven't already but also check def- out the memoir yeah the memoir is really good
1: and she recommends other memoirs as well yeah um yeah and uh yeah in well- a lot of her articles she's 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 an um, a writer with following, and if you need any more endorsement, Roxanne Gay also
0: endorses this book. Yeah, and also, um, if you need support, um, please ask. Please, please keep asking for help until you find someone who helps you. You, you're not crazy, and you're not making it up, and your feelings are valid. And just because you get turned away by someone does not mean there isn't help out there for you. You just have you just have to keep fighting until you find help. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Uh and with that being said, if you're not a domestic abuse survivor and you feel financially or emotionally able to help with domestic abuse survivors, um talk to your local women's shelter or donate to your local women's shelter or food bank. Um, and definitely support legislation that helps get families out of violent situations. Absolutely. 100%. Okay. There's no remake, revamp, retire
0: at this point? Nope. Different. It's a different format for now. Cool. Cool. Okay, sorry. Um, what's a... Um, Shelly... Sniff's flowers that we bring inside because she's an indoor cat and I got a photo of her licking her lips today and it was real cute. Yes, that was very cute. That's a very cute picture of her tongue mid-air action shot. Oh, la, la. So good. Uh, until next week, take care of yourself and take care of your fano. and we'll talk to you then. Yes, accent will be back. Okay, bye-bye.
1: Okay, bye-bye now. I know. <laughs> yes.